1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Heese, and this is the podcast for becoming better habitat managers. Today, guys, it's Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day to everybody out there. I want to thank you all for listening and tuning in, and I'd also like to take a moment and thank the fallen soldiers who have uh, died serving our country. You know, Memorial Day is a, a great day of the year to get out there and grill and do some habitat work and enjoy your weekend, but we got to remember all those who have died honoring uh, the USA and, and served in our armed forces, so I'd like to make sure we do a special thank you to, to our fallen veterans. So today we have a discussion that's a little bit different. It is on advocacy, hunting, habitat, conservation, advocacy. Now we've had uh, these one of these guys on before, Eric Long from Drumming Log Wildlife Management. You guys have heard him on episode 31. It's a great discussion on uh, why we do things, why we should do things, and, and our hunting future. And today we get his friend Cody Altizer on with Eric. So we have both of them on. And we discussed hunting advocacy, our heritage, conservation, organizations that are for the sport and lifestyle that we all cherish here and what we can do moving forward to try to help keep this going, get some more people involved, and uh, not just let this hunting heritage just fizzle out. So, Eric Long and Cody Altizer here on Memorial Day. I'd like to thank the listeners, you guys, for coming back once again. We're getting some great reviews online. The Facebook page, we're putting a lot of videos on Facebook and YouTube recently of all the projects that we've been doing. We'd like to see some of your projects. So feel free to shoot me a message or post them up on the Facebook page or Instagram. We'd love to see them and share them and you know, see what you guys have been up to. I planted 300 miscanthus rhizomes this morning by myself with a, uh, a drill and a shovel. So there's a video for that coming soon. <laughs> That was a lot of work. Um, but I know you guys are out there as well, prepping your food plots, doing some TSI, etc. So I'd like to see some of that. If anyone's still turkey hunting out there, good luck. I know our season wraps up here very soon. My buddy Brian just got one down uh, two days ago, Saturday morning, so that's pretty awesome. Um, 
But if you want to watch some turkey hunting, including my turkey hunt from this year, which should be launched soon, you got head on over to michiganwhitetailpursuit.com or the Facebook group, The Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. Uh, they're a partner of the podcast, and they also film and show a lot of their hunts, both turkey and deer, throughout the year. And they actually just launched a new series called Michigan Whitetail Pursuit on the Road. So for those of us who travel out of state, on the Michigan Whitetail Pursuit team uh, and videotape our hunts. Those will be aired on there as well. So lots of good content. Check them out at michiganwhitetailpursuit.com. Dip That Hydrographics is also a sponsor of the show. They do some great custom hydrographic dipping uh, of your firearm, you know, your construction helmet, your pistol, your coffee mug, uh, bow risers, whatever you guys want to get dipped. Check out Gabe at Dip That Hydrographics. You'll find their information on our Facebook and website, HabitatPodcast.com, as well. Uh, be sure to check him out and get a discount if you mention the Habitat Podcast. And lastly, I want to thank Nick Percy at Killer Food Plots. I know Brian got some Killer Food Plots in the ground. I think he was planning some climatize, if I uh, remember correctly. He did that, I believe, Thursday. So he must be drying out enough to get his ground worked. I know my property this morning was just a swampy mess still in the food plots everywhere. Uh, but if you do have some dry property and you are able to get out there and turn the dirt, check out KillerFoodPlots.com and their line of stuff. I know I'm going to be planting my Border Patrol annual screen here very soon. So be sure to check them out at KillerFoodPlots.com and thank those three sponsors for supporting this episode. We can't forget about Packer Max Cult of Packers and the Habitat Hook. We'll tell you more about those guys in the next episode. So let's get down to it. Cody Altizer, Eric Long, Brian, and myself, and we're going to talk advocacy and our heritage and what we can do to keep this moving forward. Uh, once again, happy Memorial Day to all you guys out there, and thanks for tuning into the Habitat Podcast. And we're back, everybody, another episode of the Habitat Podcast. We have a couple special guests on today with us. We have uh, trusty co-host Brian Hallbly. We have Cody Altizer from Virginia and Eric Long, who's been a previous guest out of Ohio. How you guys all doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. Doing That's good. Uh, Cody's voice there, right? Yes, sir. All right. And Hopefully Eric? you'll pick up on it. I'm a little further south uh, than you guys. <laughs> I don't know if I have as much of a southern accent, but hopefully I can. you guys can differentiate from me that way. <laughs> No, you're good. We've been listening to Eric and his Ohio draw, so this should be easy. <laughs> no, I, do I have an accent? <laughs> I think we all have Cleveland. accents, depending on where you're from. Yeah, I have a Cleveland accent. I'll start yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this should be a pretty fun episode, guys. Um, Brian has known Eric for a while. I met Eric finally... Uh, few months back and then Cody and Eric have known each other for a while so we figured we'd want to catch up with you guys see what you're up to these days um I know Eric we've heard from you before but Cody if you don't mind we like to start these shows off with learning about who our guests are a little bit of a backlog story whatever you got handy and uh kind of learn about you know where you're from and what you've been up to yeah absolutely um I'm in Virginia born and raised. I live in the western part of the state, 
in the Blue Ridge Mountains in a little town called Lexington. And my dad and I own land uh, in a, a small county. It's called Bath County, about an hour uh, north of where my home base is. But um, professionally, I, I freelanced on uh, photography and film, mostly video work. And uh, since I freelance, I, I pick up all kinds of gigs throughout the year, doing all kinds of random jobs. But um, what I enjoy doing most and, and, and what I do most often um, our outdoor hunting, conservation uh, type of films and videos. And I've been lucky over the years to, to travel I mean, all over the world to places. Growing up as a kid, I, I would have, you know, if you would ask me what my dream job would be, it would have been to go to these places and film these animals and tell these stories. And I've been lucky, though. I've been doing this for about six, seven, eight years now. And I've been lucky to, uh, yeah, to basically live out the childhood dream you know, behind the camera telling stories and filming wildlife. So that's me in a nutshell. Very cool. And tell me a little bit about that property that you and your dad, I think you just recently purchased it. Is that correct? Right, yeah. We just closed on it um, end of March, I think, right at the 1st of April. I forget the exact day. Um, but it's my dad uh, owned 40 to 50 acres, I forget the exact number, um, on his own that, that he and I and my brother have always hunted, you know, growing up as a kid. And then here recently there came a piece of property for sale, about 75 acres just north of the land where, you know, I grew up hunting and where my mom and dad's house is on and, of course, where I grew up. Uh, so dad and I went in on that together, um, put the 75 in addition to the about the 50 we have now. So We've got about 120 acres to uh, play with, and no, no, it, it's an ideal situation. You know, buying land with your dad and your family, my brother's in on it too, and we had Eric down, I guess, back in February uh, to look at the place. So we've been putting the plan together and trying to turn it into um, an ideal whitetail hunting property. But kind of that's kind of second to just you know building a property that's beneficial for all wildlife, all flora and fauna. Um, you know, we, we're, we're hunters first, or second, I guess. I tell people, you know, I'm a hunter second, conservationist first. And I know Eric has that same uh, philosophy towards hunting and, and wildlife and management. So, yeah, we're uh, this is the first year boots are on the ground, so we're looking forward to what we can turn it into. Uh, that's, that's super exciting. I'm I'm happy for you. I know uh, when I close on my first piece, my only piece, it's, uh, it's a feeling that, uh, you know, you finally got something of your own. It's pretty darn cool. Um, right, absolutely. Now, when did you become conservationist first, hunter second? Were you always like that? I know we'll probably talk about that some more, but I'm just curious if uh, you had like a stepping stone or like a, a moment in your life or, or anything like that, or you just have always been like that? Uh, I think I've always kind of been like that. Um, here recently I started getting uh, more work that I was doing professionally. It was more conservation less hunting and it kind of opened my eyes to that but growing up I mean I I've always liked I've always liked hunting but I've always liked animals more than I liked hunting and hunting to me was just uh, the most natural way that you can get out I think um, you know and enjoy the natural world and and, and the wildlife that calls the habitat that you hunt home um, I mean if I never kill a deer another deer the rest of my life I won't lose any sleep over I mean it well I eat a lot of deer. I eat a lot of deer meat. I, I love deer meat, so I guess I would feel a little bit bad about 
uh, not anything near me. But yeah, I mean, it's, and I, I think, you know, that's part of the reason I chose, you know, a career in, in photography and, and filmmaking is it, it's just another excuse for me to get out into wild places and, you know, and experience wildlife. And like I said, I, I enjoy, I enjoy animals more than I enjoy hunting and I enjoy hunting quite a bit. Um, so I think that's, you know, it's just kind of how I've, navigated through life and hunting has just kind of been a, an extension of my enthusiasm and appreciation for for wildlife awesome man very well said that's a great answer uh, eric let's hear from you next finally time, we're done talking about <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know mr long he's been our guest on here before I believe it was Brian. Was that podcast episode 31? Is that what it was? 31. All right, good old 31. One of our one of our uh, most favorite podcasts, um, and the listeners as well. So we had to have you back on, Eric. But for those who haven't listened to oh, 31 yet, uh, tell us a little bit about you um, in case people haven't heard that episode. Well, um, I'm the owner of uh, German Log Wildlife Management. We're a gear management consulting business. Uh, we travel all over, um, you know, managing people's properties for, you know, healthier wildlife in general. So that's the quick and dirty version of that. And um, apparently I didn't have enough to do, so I got my real estate license and I uh, work for Masio Properties on the side, but uh, just part-time. So, but... Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do. And then um, Bug Cody, pretty much. That's my other job. So. <laughs> that's his third full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't imagine, uh, you know, all three of those jobs. How long have you been the Mossy Oak uh, land specialist there, Eric? Is that a new thing, or have you always uh, had that? No, I think uh, going on uh, three years or so. Okay, so it's been a while. Okay. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. And you're out of uh, Central Ohio, is that correct? Or Yeah, I mean, my home base is just an hour east of Columbus. Perfect. Uh, in the town of uh, Zanesville. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, my home base is there, and we travel all over. So, yep. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you guys very much for getting on today once again. And uh, let's get yeah, right into you. some... Some good conversation. We were kind of kicking around some ideas I want to talk about. Um, I follow you both on on Facebook, so I've kind of seen what you've been up to. But one thing that you guys have been doing in the past is producing content, and that's both Eric and Cody uh, with your your videos that you've done. Now, I'm just curious, how did you guys get together, and then what became of that? And, and once you work together, you know, the content you're producing, what are you trying to accomplish? So I guess start us from the Cody and Eric show, day one, and then maybe where you're at now. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but no, Eric and I first met, I guess, in the well, it was 2014, which is hard to believe. Um, Jeez. But I brought him down. I, you know, we were met on social media, you know, Facebook friends, which is how apparently most of the world meets one another these days, and you know, I saw he was a deer consultant, and I saw that he seemed to be halfway decent at what he did, uh, so, <laughs> so I, uh, you know, my dad and my brother and I, we, we brought him down to, you know, for, to do a, 
to put together a plan on the property that we that we had at the time. And that's how Eric and I met. You know, we stayed friends, um, or we became friends, became really really good friends. Um, you know, as as time went on. But I think it was 2017. Um, and this is probably where Eric can tell the story a little bit better than I can. But I, I got a text from him one day about, you know, he he was wanting to kind of go in an opposite direction um, from, you know, what most of the hunting community or, you know, the deer management community was going. You know, he, he kind of wanted to, you know, explore different opportunities on how he could better, you know, educate others and communicate what our lifestyle is and, you know, what it's about. Um, so I don't know, Eric, if you want to kind of pick up. Yeah. <clears throat> That point. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing this for a very long time, and um, you know, you tend to get a little stagnant and stuff. <clears throat> and um, I know, like uh, Cody was mentioning, we kind of like hit it off. You know, French had same, same, you know, mentality toward hunting and conservation and stuff. And um, I just, I was definitely getting pulled in a direction where the norm was not heading to. And uh, yeah, just uh, I remember t- saying to Cody, like, hey. I think we need to do something. I need, you know, we need to do something different. I feel like I need to do something different. And um, everybody's going right, you know. I, I want to go left. And he goes, well, what's left? And I said, I don't have any idea. He goes, let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's how pretty much all, all this started. I mean, that was almost exactly what happened. So that that I recall, so. So then, um, you know, we just started kicking around, you know, our first uh, video. And, um, you know, Cody wrote the script on that. And it was like, I remember him sending it to me. And <laughs> I read it at uh, when I was working. And I ended up bawling. You know, I was just a totally emotional wreck. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just going to be fantastic if this is, you know, going to be our first one. So, yeah, good stuff. One thing kind of led to another, and we've been – oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, finish your thought. No, I was just going to say, you know, that was, um, you know, the first video, the first idea we had for a video, it was called Deer Hunter, you know, and like I say, Eric and I put that together in I think late summer of of 2017, and, you know, that was – that kind of got the ball rolling for us, and, you know, we've we've produced three other uh, short films since then. Um, Yeah, and just trying to – you know, in a, a little ways away from each other. We we have so many different ideas that we're always kicking back and forth, but with my travel and his travel, we don't get as much done as as we'd like. But, no, we've been, you know, the films that we've put together, I think, um, I know he and I are both really, really proud of, and people seem to enjoy them, so we've been lucky in that regard. Yeah, we touched on a little bit of that on our last podcast with Eric. Uh, we get into a whole lot of details, but uh, – we talked about the current state of hunting and, and where we're at. And, you know, we're trying to uh, touch on that ourselves here at the Habitat Podcast. We're trying to figure out which direction we should go because it needs help. And Eric mentions that all the time, you know, hunting's in trouble and it needs our help. And we're, we're all trying to figure out where we're going to get going here. What What do you guys think is the next step? I mean, you're you're doing a fantastic job making people aware with these dramatic videos that are um, very well done and it gets people thinking. But where are we going to go from here? You want to go first, Cody? 
Uh, well, it's, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, the state of hunting, the hunting community, we're at a, I mean, we are at a crossroads right now. It's, it's, it's definitely an, an interesting time because, and I, I'm not exactly sure of the exact numbers. Um, Eric's better with the numbers than, than I am, but it's, it's interesting because hunting is more, um, accepted and, you know, is more socially accepted now than it ever has been. You know, so so people see our lifestyle and they they relate to it and they understand you know the conservation behind it and you know the the number one reason that people non hunters support the hunting lifestyle is they understand that you know we we consume the animals that we kill you know that we that they provide us with sustenance you know eating deer meat like I said I, I ate a lot of deer meat I don't know too many hunters who don't eat at least most of what they kill so it's it's interesting like I said you know most non-hunters they're they're basically i don't know if they necessarily supported but you know it's, it's wild widely accepted the hunting lifestyle better than it ever has been but at the same time i mean there are so many different um risks and, and threats to to wildlife to conservation to the sport of hunting that we have to overcome and it's that's you know the biggest issue that we have the biggest hurdle we have to you know clear in the next you know, I don't want to put a timeline on it, but we have to figure out what, you know, the next um, 5, 10, 15 years of hunting and wildlife management and conservation look like. Because I'm 29, I'll turn 30 this year. I was, I remember a conversation I had with Eric when he and I first kicked around the idea of doing these videos that I can remember when I was a kid, you know, I shot my first deer when I was six. And I can remember, you know, from that moment, like I, I needed to know every single thing I could learn about not necessarily deer hunting, but deer, wildlife, the habitat in which they live, you know, everything that encompasses the outdoors. And I can remember, you know, what hunting was like when I was 10, 15 years old. And that was, you know, not that long ago. That was 10, 15 years ago. And as quickly as those, that 10 or 15 years has gone by, the next 10 or 15 years is going to go even, you know, quicker. And I think back when I was 10, how much has changed from, you know, when I was 10 to now when I'm basically 30. Well, you know, what's going to change from when I'm 30 to, you know, when I'm 40 and 50? And the thing with, you know, not just hunting, but all of life, it, it's always changing. We just have to make sure, you know, that it's it's changing positively. And that's our responsibility as hunters, as conservationists, to make sure that, you know, our lifestyle is changing positively you know, rather than negatively. For sure. Yeah. Eric, yeah. do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, and cutting off the uh, long-winded for sure. Um, yeah, it's just where do you where do you begin? I mean, Cody touched on it uh, really good there, but there's just so many things that's going on. That's the 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 future. You know, you hate to see it look. You know, say it looks bleak, but if we don't change our mentality toward hunting and wildlife and non-hunters and et cetera, it, it's going to happen quicker, you know? Um, yeah. Like I said, where, where do you pick up? It's like, you know, take the, the, the professional aspect of things, um, you know, state agencies and, and what have you. Um, you know, there, it's like, I read a study just the other day and don't quote me on the percentage, but it's, I'm really close. If, if I'm not right on, Fifty-three percent of professional biologists are against trapping. Wow! Think about that. Think about that. 
I mean, it's amazing. How are we supposed to have sound wildlife management if you have this, the people that are supposed to be working for you that are not really working for you, you know? Right. Uh, just that, I mean, that's the things that people don't really uh, think of and, and to see. And, um, you know, it's just, like I said, I, God, there's just so much to say. Um, you know, my big thing, along with a lot of other things, it's just like we become so one species oriented. Uh, we, we talked about it last time, and I, I say it, you know, beating a dead horse, but that's how I feel. You know, like QDM. QDM was a fantastic philosophy and still is. It got people out actually doing management, like what you're doing today, Brian. You know, and, um, right. you know, it gets you outside. It gets you starting to be a little educated on what's, what the do's and don'ts of wildlife. But then that's where it stops, you know. And it's like, wait a minute. Learn about a bluebird. Because when you do learn about a bluebird, you are benefiting other species of wildlife on top of white-tailed deer, you know. Learn sure. about the rough grouse. Rough grouse. I mean, this is happening in our Lifetime. The rough grouse is a dire need. I mean, the state of Ohio, there's such a small population, it's it's so sporadic. And this is happening on our watch. I mean, we should be ashamed of ourselves. I mean, you hear about the rhino, you hear about the elephant, you hear about other species of in Africa. We, you know, being in America, we go, eh. but it's happening here. But no one's talking about it because are either running anybody in this conversation a grouse hunter? No, I don't know. No, no. This is happening in our watch. It's like early, 60% or more of wildlife depends on early successional type habitat. But all we're doing is hinge cutting. <laughs> you know, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You know, open up your eyes. Don't worry about what's on social media. You know, do your thing. And, and don't worry about... I planted a pollinator plot. You know, I'm a sissy because I like butterflies. I mean, we it's stuff like that. I mean, people I like have told me. By the way, well, well, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, moving on. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> so, I mean, kind of get to where I'm saying here. It's just, man, it's just uh, we have things happening right underneath our nose. And we just choose not to, to see them, you know. And that's just wildlife related. I mean, hunting related. Right. I mean, there's this the program called the three R's: recruitment, um, retention, and reactivation. And it's to bring hunters, um, you know, from all you know all diversities to come together to hunt, you know, uh, knife to fork type thing. But here's the thing. It's the elephant in the room. I'm sorry. I've heard this speech a million times from professional people that are representing the thing, the three-hour program, and it's very good. It's a, but here's, where, are we, where are we going to put these people? I mean, leasing is a problem. Outfitting is a problem. Um, you know, properties getting uh, lotted off. I mean, I drive all over, and I see signs of, you know, 140 acres and 20 parcels. 18 acres in three parcels. Just, you know, what's wildlife supposed to do? We're cramming it to these pieces of, you know, this pie. You know, and yeah, it's actually, not enough pie to go yeah. wrong. 
Yeah, you right. you introduce somebody to hunting, you get them all fired up. You know they are successful, but then what? Then what do we do? I mean, what's what's the next plan? What's the next step? You know, and let's say, and this is, I mean, I'm probably gonna get myself in trouble for saying all this, but it's just, uh, okay, we have all been, you know, we grew up hunting. Okay, when you have somebody like a millennial come into our sports, you know, and love it and appreciate it, but you know what? When they're in the voting booth and there's a trapping issue on ballot, do you think they're going to pull the right level? Where compared to us, I, I don't trap, but I know sound wildlife management. You know, so what did you create? All right. So. But, Eric, I have a question then. Um, all, all valid points and concerns. Um, you know, running out of public land to hunt, our our hunter numbers, you know, declining year upon year here. Uh, the habitat only maybe being, you know, one animal specific. All our focus is on deer. Maybe we should focus on other things. And then even getting the information out there. Um, that's one probably our best thing that we can do here as a podcast, but where do mm-hmm. you guys stand on maybe those four things in terms of priority? I know they're all very important, but where are you guys focusing on as, as number one? And, and so, like, what, you know, train the page, what is your – or maybe it's all four at once or, or multiple things, but what are you thinking there? Go ahead, Coach. Uh, what were what were the four uh, points? Oh, I'm just saying there's there's all these concerns, right? That that we're dealing with, and they're all valid. Whether it's running out of land to hunt, you know, hunter numbers dwindling, habitat not being good enough, or uh, you know, people not understanding what's going on with the you know the the grouse or or everything else. So, like, where are you guys focusing on number one? Um, I know we should be doing all of them, but like, what's where can people start, and where are you guys starting? I. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think the big thing is just waking people up first. You got to admit okay. that there's a problem to, you know, move forward. You know, it's just, and you would think that everybody would kind of like, hey, but I think awareness first. We have to make people aware. And, it, and the worst part about it, it does come off doom and gloom. But it's not that there is a solution. You know, we're trying to come up with a solution. Um you know, but you have to take that first step first. You have to make everybody aware, like, hey, if we don't change our mentality, all the money that we, I mean, we're losing money each year because of license sales. Don't you think for a second that the other side is trying to figure out how to pay for wildlife? Because as soon as they do, I mean, we're, we're like, I forget how many percent of the population minority, but we're paying for wildlife and conservation. I mean, we need to figure out a different way to pay for wildlife, maybe, you know, um, on top of hunting sales and stuff. But, um, I mean, that's the big thing. So, go ahead. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, the first step, and and this is something we can all do, like I said, we all have our, you know, um, limitations in what we can do, you know, as far as conservation and how we can best impact wildlife. I mean, not everybody you know, owns land that they can manage, 
you know, for all species of wildlife, not everybody has the ability to travel or volunteer or contribute to, you know, um, research projects or whatever or, get, or, or do field work. But one thing we can all do, I mean, this is a big part, but, you know, uh, an often overlooked um, aspect of conservation is, is uh, advocacy. And that's kind of what Eric said. You know, we need to, A, realize that, you know, what we're doing or what we have been doing isn't necessarily it – it did work, and it may still be working a little bit, but for the long term, it's not necessarily sustainable. So we have to figure out, um, you know, how we can best – how we can better communicate, you know, information and, 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 and what our lifestyle is about. Um, and, and that's something we can all do is to advocate and to spread the word about conservation and, and how hunting is beneficial to conservation. But at the same time, I think we need to be – more open to, um, this is something that's really important to me, and it always has been, but being more open to, you know, the other side of the fence. So there's, you know, if you want to look at it left versus right, whatever, you know, there's there's hunters, there are people who are pro-hunters, and there are non-hunters and anti-hunters. And anti-hunters, they're kind of a third side of the fence. They can be a little um, extremist and aggressive, as, as hunters can too at, at the same time. But we need to do a better job of, of educating the non-hunting public um, about wildlife, about uh, conservation, and how we can best, you know, impact wildlife in the future. And Eric has a really, really cool story uh, that he told me. It happened a couple of years ago um, where he was uh, giving a seminar at a class. I think, Eric, if you're familiar with the story mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of about the I, – I didn't know the percentage at the time either about, you know, how 60% of all – wildlife species rely on early successional habitat or something that's not something i was aware of and you know i fancy myself a conservationist and you know a habitat manager and everything that's something i wasn't aware of so you can sure as hell bet the non-hunting you know uh, community wasn't aware of it but i don't know if eric you want to tell that story i think it's something yeah both non-hunters and hunters they need to it's something i it's a unifying story to me i thought it was really cool yeah i think i told the story last time but if you don't mind i'll tell it again go ahead but um yeah, no, I was I was kind of thrown into a, a seminar uh, talking to I think it was roughly twenty some people, um, let's say twenty, and uh, they were definitely not hunters. I mean, this was a naturalist group, and um, you know the pink hair and the whole nine yards, you know. And uh, I'm like, whoa, how did I get myself into this situation? And um, yeah, I just you know, it's all on how your delivery, um, how you talk to people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the minority in this room and, um, basically just walked around, you know, looked at people, um, and then just like in a show of hands, you know, how many people love wildlife? You know, everyone rose their hand. Hey, guess what? We all have something in common right off the bat, you know, and then I, uh, to speed the story up, you know, I was, I just picked a subject like, Hey. What if I told you there's a park down the road there that I wanted to go in there and do some small clear cuts, some uh, selective selective cuts in that state park or state forest? How many people would want to just ring me up? And everybody rose their hand. And I said, wait a minute. I thought you said you love wildlife. And I have. You know, it's like, wait a minute. And then I started doing, you know, percentages, and everybody was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, I didn't force it down the throat. I just gave them facts. And, you know, by the end of the day, I mean, people were coming up to me going, this is just fantastic. 
you know. So they saw that they've seen an, another side of the story, other than don't cut a tree down, you know. So. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that to me is a perfect example of, you know, what as hunters, what we can do, you know, to to make the future of, of hunting and wildlife you know, the best that we can. And it's like Eric said, you know, at the end of the day. You know, hunters and non-hunters, we, at the end of the day, we want the same thing. We may want it for different reasons, but, I mean, that applies in all walks of life. You know, at the end of the day, if you hunt deer or not hunt deer, at the end of the day, you know, we all enjoy watching a deer in the field during the summer. So why, I don't, I've never really understood why, you know, both sides, and hunters, the hunting community is 100% guilty of this. We, we nitpick and instigate just, you know, just the same as, as non- and anti-hunters do, but we, we nitpick and instigate at the other side when at the end of the day we both want the same thing. And I've never understood that when we could accomplish so much more if, you know, we put aside our own selfish agendas and just work together for the betterment of all wildlife. I mean, it doesn't bother me, you know, if I meet somebody on the street that, you know, doesn't um, – and it doesn't hunt or doesn't enjoy killing animals. I mean, that's that's fine with me. I know there are non-hunters out there who, who you know, understand my appreciation for wildlife, you know, but may not necessarily understand, you know, how I can go out and, you know, kill a deer off my property. So I think stories, you know, like Eric just shared are, are what we need to do more of or and, and make it a point to do more of. I mean, it's more than just talking about it on the podcast. We have to be active yeah. and, and educating and, and doing these things about reaching out to the non-hunting public and being like, you know what, at the end of the day, we may want the same, you know, we want the same thing. We may want it for different reasons, but I mean, would you rather have, you know, it's, I, I liken it to um, lion hunting and conservation in Africa. I mean, I know trophy hunting, and, and there are some canned hunting lion situations in Africa that I would want no part to deal with. But, I mean, hunting, you know, lion numbers in sub-Saharan Africa are scary low. But at the same time, um, hunting is, it, it gives that animal more, more value than, you know, any any other type of uh, conservation practice, more than uh, photo tourism or anything. And I did a interview with the um, the professor of zoology at the University of Oxford, and he was actually the lead researcher um, at Wangay National Park in Zimbabwe, where Cecil the lion was killed. And um, I kind of asked him, I said, you know, what's your perspective on on lion hunting and, and conservation and, and trophy hunting and this and that? And I mean, he articulated it perfectly in a way that I really related to. And you know, he said that, and I'm paraphrasing, not quoting him directly, but you know. He wishes we were, you know, the, the current state of affairs in, in Africa with regards to lions wasn't such that we had to kill them to give them a future. I mean, it, it's kind of, you know, it kind of sucks when you think about it that way, that we have to kill these animals to give them a future. But at the same time, killing those animals gives them, you know, the most value and gives them the best future. And when an animal has value, then it has a future. So if trophy hunting you know, lions, you know, give, keeps lions in Africa, then shit, I, you would think we would all be for that. You know, would you rather have lions in, in Africa that are, you know, every, you know, I don't know what percentage of lions are being hunted and killed, but a small percentage of lions and hunting are being killed. Would you rather have that or would you rather have no lions at all? I mean, hunters and non-hunters, we both want lions. I think they're, I think we can all agree they're pretty badass animals. So, I, yeah, I just, I think we need to, figure out a way we can, you know, we, we both want the same thing. We just need to figure out a way we can accomplish those, you know, th- those same goals together. Yeah. 
I mean, Cody and I have been talking here. I mean, what's your, what's your, let's hear your guys' take on this. I mean, what well, do you see? It's it's become a, uh, a big problem where, um, like you said, Eric, we're just not thinking broadly enough or looking um, at the big picture. And guys are getting caught up with whatever they're into, whether it's white-tailed mm-hmm. deer, waterfowl, um, you name it. And I think the big thing that we struggle with, and Jared and I talk about it all the time, is uh, where do we start? I mean, what we want to do something so bad. It's like, should we focus on one thing, try to come up with a plan of attack and and throw all of our resources with the millions of hunters that we have and go after one thing at a time? Or do we try to take bigger bites of this problem and try to take on a couple of different things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, if people are trying to figure out what to do, like yourself or whatever, I mean, you and I have had this conversation before, is just start talking. We need to start talking. You know, and I mentioned before on the other podcast is that, you know, where is our billboard? You know, I mean, Cody heard this a million times. It's like we, we... we don't like to share our accomplishments. We, sportsmen, I mean, we are, I mean, we pay for wildlife and conservation. I mean, look Absolutely. what we have done. Look at the antelope. Look at Canada geese. I mean, you can pick a species. Look what we did for the whitetail. I mean, just think if we, look what QDM did for the whitetail, you know, in the positive right. sense. You know, and it's just like we did that. We put millions of acres um a year into, you know, pheasant habitat, you know, through PF and rough grouse societies start doing the best they can to get some, you know, early successional habitat, woodcock society, the bobwhite quail. I mean, we there are accomplishments, but no one knows. We're driving down the road, and I, like I told you before, it's like I'm, I'm seeing World Wildlife Federation, you know, billboards all over the place, you know, and if you're a non-hunter, you don't care either way. What, what do you think you're seeing? You know, what's your mentality at that moment in time? If you've seen a picture of an antelope and you throw some numbers up, and I'm just picking that species. I mean, you see what I'm getting at? It's like we don't talk. We don't share our accomplishments where the public at least will be aware of the situations that we're doing. Like, why are we cutting? You know, why are we burning? You know? But... I digress. <laughs> no, I yeah, mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, you know, we we spent you know quite a bit of time talking about what we need to fix, but at the same time, I mean, like Eric just said, you know, the North American model for wildlife conservation has been very very successful. Does it, you know, Eric, does it need to be tweaked? I mean, I, you know, it, that's not for me to say. You know, everybody has an opinion. I like I said, I don't think what we're doing is necessarily sustainable for the long term future. But we have a lot to celebrate. You know, we've done some things very, very well that we should be really, really proud of. And I think you know we've kind of just gotten a little too complacent. Um, you know, with with what we've done and, and kind of gotten comfortable. And it's kind of time, like Eric said, it's time for us to, you know, not stick you know pound our chest or whatever but you know where we need to promote what we've done well where's our billboard we need to we need to communicate you know our victories that that hunting has had for for conservation and wildlife and um there are a lot of them i mean eric just mentioned 
of several of them. There aren't too many instances I can think of, you know, if there are any at all, where hunting, when done responsibly, hasn't benefited, um, you know, wildlife populations all over the world. So as, um, yeah. as Jared left, has Jared left the conversation? Uh, nope, no, <laughs> sir. I'm, I'm just taking a nap over here. Sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm kidding. This was this is very good stuff. I'm actually writing down a lot of notes on yeah on high points and yeah. like some of the accomplishments that Cody mentioned uh, that we should be talking about that maybe we haven't. I'd like to maybe find out how I can share some of those accomplishments with all of our listeners, whether well, it's on yeah. Facebook or whatever. Like, where are you guys? hearing about this stuff if we're not hearing about it, or if most well, people are hearing about it. Yeah, see, I have the luxury of being, uh, you know, having TS and ha- access to them and Rough Grouse Society, and all you have to do is call or email these people at the, you know, you call Rough Grouse Society and talk to anybody, and they're going to email you. You just ask, hey, I want to know some facts. Some, where do I go on the website? You know, same thing with uh, you. I mean, I can call somebody from Pheasants Forever, a regional biologist, and say, hey, could you do me a favor and send me some stuff? And they will. They'll get you, if they don't, they'll get you to the people that will send you information, you know, about a certain topic. You awesome. know, And, um, yeah, all you have to do is just reach out to these people. And it's just like, you know, kind of going back a little bit, um, you know, if you want to make a difference, a slow difference, you know, join one of these organizations. Something like like Rough Grouse Society. You, you, even though you're not going to plan on rough grouse hunting, but they're, they're, if you join it, you get a magazine, and then there's just uh, just uh, so much information to help you manage for white-tailed deer. You know, by woodland ecology. You know, by opening your eyes to a different species will only benefit your main goal, if it is whitetail, you know, so, and how to manage your healthy forest. You know, so that's, that's right. just an example. And here's the cool thing, and this is the thing with Cody, you know, talking about conservation can be a very dry subject. It kind of gets a little boring because it's not interesting to the point where people are, you know, they get drawn in. But a lot of things are, like I mentioned, are happening on our watch, and I, I was driving down the road to the bank, kind of all excited because I had this idea and I texted it to Cody. I said, what was it? Um, the God didn't get it. The God didn't get it. Oh, we got to versus we get to. Yeah. we Yeah. I, and he just, and it's amazing. Like, he knew what I was getting at. It's like, we don't have to do this or we got to do this. We got to have the mentality of we get to do this. I mean, we get to do this. I mean, hear the excitement, the difference. Like yeah, we gotta stay, we gotta we gotta go do this. No, we get to. I mean, like at your place, Brian. Like this weekend, there you have to admit there's a small part of you like, man, I gotta go down, I gotta go up north, and I gotta get this done. I'm all I'm stressed out. But no, you you get to, you get to go. Oh yeah. You know, play farmer, and you got excitement and stuff. You know, it should be exciting. Sure. But anyway. Yeah, and it's I mean a lot of it is. You know, it starts with us if we're going to, you know, if we're going to change the hunting community or whatever. I mean, and, and Eric's example right there is perfect because it, it's a, it's all about your perspective. 
you know, how you look, you can look at it as doom and gloom and the world's coming to an end. And obviously there are a lot of issues that need to be addressed, or you can look at it as an opportunity, like, holy hell, like this is, this is pretty cool. Like we get to make, you know, we get a chance to make, you know, an impact. This is an opportunity to, you know, to, to do something positive and, yeah, it's and that's a lot of what Eric and I are trying to do with our with the content we produce with videos or you know um, social media posts or whatever. It's just kind of you know people think we have an agenda or whatever with what we're trying to do. The only agenda we have is to just we're just trying to kind of get people to stop and think. You know, change your mindset whether that's you know good, bad, and different. You know, that's not for us to decide. If you re- if you react to one of our some of our content negatively, then, you know, that's, that's something you've got to get right with yourself. But yeah, that's what all, all we're trying to do is just kind of challenge, you know, change the mindset. And, you know, Eric's, we got to versus we get to is an, you know, a great example because it's all about perspective. You know, are we going to bitch and moan and drag our feet like, oh, we, you know, we, we got to go do this. Well, no, you don't got to do anything. You, if you want to be a part of it, then yeah, we get to do this. And then it's, it's exciting, you know, and, and it's something cool to be a part of. So that's, you know, sure. that's, that's our responsibility, you know, as, as hunters to, you know, to, if we're, if we're going to change, yep. you know, and we're going to tackle these obstacles that we've been talking about, you know, it, it starts with us and it starts with the right mindset. Yeah. I mean, like, just for example, Brian, like you, we had this conversation, like, what can I do? What can I do? And you started a, you know, on social media, you know, a group page, you know, stuff like that, you know, taking, right. The Sportsman's Alliance post about, you know, uh, Senate bills all over the country, you know, that they post on Instagram, the Sportsman's Alliance, you know, sharing those with your group, you know, making people aware that, you know, we're being attacked. And slowly, you know, and that's the thing, that's the progressive way, that's the, the anti-way of just slowly chipping away. They're patient. We're not patient. That group's, you know, those people on the other side are very patient people. They start off with, you know, dog hunting or coyote contest and just chip and slowly chip. And you and you do it under the radar, you know, uh, and you tackle, they tackle subjects that, eh, you know, people eh, don't like a ah, coyote contest. Who cares? Really, who cares? You know? No, you should care, you know, but, they, you know, it's just slowly manipulate, and that's what they do. And, um, yeah, I mean, just – Doing stuffs like that, you know, just uh, the things what Cody and I are doing. I mean, we have what Cody like four, or five videos that we have, you know, ready to be filmed, I and mean, something like yeah. that in it, like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, as soon as you two write a check, so we can, you know, pay for these things, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Next, an Eric with an H. That's an H at the end of Eric. I just. Uh, you know. uh. Yeah, any son would do, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so moving forward, um, what what can we? We've got a lot of hurdles in front of us, and yes, I don't know if, if if you know how we should prioritize this or which which direction we could, we could go. But we do have some great organizations out there, like the Sportsman Alliance that you mentioned, and also Rough Grouse Society. Uh, what what could we do moving forward, working with these groups, and uh, trying to take on some of these challenges that we have ahead of us? You're, you're like what you can do with these groups or for these groups is what you're. Yeah, saying? because it seems like it seems like they're not 
getting enough support to get get the uh, yeah. information out there that we're trying to get out there. And, and I think you just answered your own question. First, become a member. I mean, it's thirty forty dollars. Okay. Yes, it's expensive, but in the whole scheme of things, you know, <laughs> I think I'm willing to lose forty dollars versus a, a species. You know, okay. I mean, it's all how you look at it. And some people, right. you know, I I have the the luxury of being able to do that. So maybe I take it for granted. But um, and just yeah, whatever, anything interesting, you know, social media wise, share it. You know, share it. Um, any of those organizations, I think that's the that's the key thing. Being members of just you know you know you go broke trying to be a member of all of them, but just pick one that. It's different, something outside your box, outside your comfort zone, and just support it. And I'm, I'm not talking about maybe a banquet or, or starting a chapter or a branch. Just support it by just being a part of it and sharing the information that they have. Um, I think that's that's a, a first step. But I think the biggest step, to go back to your one question, Brian, is how you know what, what is the next step? I think we need to fix ourselves first before we can go doing anything. I mean, social media is a is a wonderful thing. I'm on it. We're all on it. You know, we every day we're on it. Um, but at the same time, is not worrying about what other people are doing uh, or how we're going to be judged. And so we solve that problem, I think, uh, on top of uh, other things. You know, just do this for you. Have a build this relationship between wildlife. In you, it turns into you can sit there and look yourself in the mirror and say, "I am a conservationist." When you do this, you know, when you right. build that relationship, and I'm telling you what, I, I I don't know to come off corny or crazy. When you finally get to that point, man, it is an amazing thing. I know that sounds crazy. I hear myself saying it, but when you turn that page from maybe a a consumer slash manager, if you will, that that little fine brown there to like, man, I really care about like everything here. This is there's a bigger picture. I mean, it's an overwhelming experience. I mean, what you say, Cody, or am I just talking? My out here, my lesson. No, absolutely, no, absolutely. I mean, that's sure. that's uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of you know what I said back at the beginning of this thing is you know a, a conservation. I look at, I hope. You know, my actions reflect this, but, you know, I'm conservationist first, hunter second. You know, I think we need to get to a place where we start viewing habitat and wildlife, you know, game species and non-game species, you know, as, you know, we need to get to a point where we stop viewing them as something that we can, you know, profit off of or, you know, we need to become more selfless in our, you know, in our approach, you know, to, to, how, we, to how we hunt, to how we manage, to how we communicate, to how we educate. And, you know, an example that I've brought to Eric, you know, a handful of times is, you know, we're all deer hunters. Um, hopefully it never comes to this, but, you know, what if some, what if all biologists got on the same page in the, you know, all of North America and there was a consensus that, you know, the best thing for the white-tailed deer was no hunting for five years. And obviously this, this is, it's hyperbole, it's, you know, it's theoretical, it's hypothetical, it's not realistic, but what if the best thing for the white-tailed deer was no hunting for five years? Could you be okay with that? I mean, you know, if, you're, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're real, if your best interest is genuinely in the animal, then it should be. You know, then you should be okay with that. And again, like I sure. said, it's an exaggeration. I mean, you know, that, that's not realistic. But you kind of have to, you 
know, kind of try to apply it to your approach. I mean, you, we have to care about the animal first and, you know, what it can provide us selfishly second. And that's what Eric said. When you can get to that point, like, it's a pretty cool feeling, you know, to, to know that you're looking out for the best interests of the animal and its habitat, um, you know, with, with that approach. Yeah. Okay, so it's, I have a question uh, for you guys then. Um, right, right in this arena here. What are you guys doing next? What's your next project? Whether it's Cody, your own project, Eric, your separate project, or together, uh, where you guys are are increasing the habitat or awareness for for all animals. What is the specific project? I have a couple in mind, and, and Brian, I'll ask you too. Like, what are you doing? For advocacy of the better habitat and and um, you know just just moving forward in the next I don't know two three months, what's your project? Um, like in the field or what yeah yeah no in the field like what are you doing? Oh shoot my my big thing this time of year is killing non-native invasive species. Okay. I mean I Eric knows how much I enjoy it. Autumn olives, Atlantis, it damn near killed me last year because I was spraying autumn <laughs> olives and got bitten by a Well, tick. here's the thing. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, are you yeah. serious? Whoa, 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 whoa. If you learn to use your herbicide <laughs> correctly, then it would not be... Wait, so what bad. happened? What happened? Oh, it's... <laughs> he was hacking and squirting. And no, last was, year I was spraying on no, I'm talking and got about this, spotted fever. No, oh, I'm geez. talking about the, you, you shared a story about this new property, this new experience, and there was a picture on social media of you hacking and squirting, and, and, and someone didn't read the full story and what he was trying to accomplish, and someone gave him advice on uh, he was doing the hacking and squirting wrong. So it's kind of like this person couldn't wait to correct Cody on his ability of hacking and squirting correctly. Yeah, that's going to yeah. happen. Is this clear as mud? Or is this <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's always a critic. But, no, to answer your question, I mean, that's, you know, that's what I, for me, the next couple of months is, yeah, I, I enjoy it. And it's, I made a post about that, you know, like I said, on this new piece of property where we're trying to kill the Atlantis. And, I mean, killing Atlantis trees, it's not going to help me or my dad or my brother. It's not going to help us kill a deer. You know, it's not going to help, you know, 140-inch buck become a 150-inch buck. It's, it's you know, not self-serving in any way possible. But, you know, to me, it's, you know, one of the most pure forms of conservation or, or, um, or land management in that we're restoring to, you know, the woodland to what it used to be by removing non-native invasive species. And I enjoy it quite a bit. It's hard work. It's sweaty. It's gross. It's disgusting. Um, but it's really, really satisfying to, you know, to, to kill plants and trees that aren't supposed to be there and that are more aggressive than native species. I mean, the native species are more beneficial to wildlife. And it's, to me, it's a really cool transition to, to see that happen. So that's, yeah, that's in addition to food plots, you know, and, the, and all the, you know, the generic stuff you see out there as far as land management goes, that's, that's what I focus on this time of year. Oh, that's perfect, man. Um, I think that's something the listeners could, so what I was getting at was trying to create maybe a three or four item list of what a listener who's, we're going to hear this, uh, could go out and, and start doing to, you know, promote the message here. And then, obviously, if you're killing the invasives, tell your friends what you're doing. Explain to them what you're doing. Uh, maybe put it on social media that you're you're out there, you know, being a better habitat manager, if you will. Uh, I think that's a great a great place to start. I know I could do some more of that on my place with the autumn olive. Um, mm-hmm. right. And 
Eric, what do you have in mind for your next immediate project uh, on the subject here tonight? Nothing. And a whole bunch of it. <laughs> Laying by the poolside. <laughs> Drinking a, what did you call it, an April I bride? I need a vacation. I need a vacation. No, I mean, management-wise, I mean, there's always stuff to do. Um, yeah. It can overwhelm you. And, and actually, if you, you know, don't itemize it, then it gets so, cons- you know, consuming that you don't even want to tackle it, you know. So I'm up on top of the hill right now looking at a nasty weedy food plot. And it has, like, zero value right now. But if I look to my left and I look to my right, I have switchbones that um, has been overtaken. And I've been, I was going to um, mow it and then herbicide it. While watching it, though, while I'm talking and listening, um, I've watched more birds and everything go in and out of that. So I'm not going to do that anymore. So that just alleviates one other thing I have to do. Um, but no, my thing is, is just, um, and this might come off cheesy, is to listen to people, um, reference, you know, the, the feel out the social media type mentality and just kick around ideas and, um, and try to get Cody off his butt so we can film another video. That's my main goal. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. For you out there who actually follow us, it's all Cody's fault. It's all Cody's fault. Sounds like you can't do it's it without him, though, so you better be careful. Uh, that's the worst part. Knowing <laughs> he has something on me, that's the worst part. So. Okay. No, that's some more he, brings the, he brings the... T- he brings the video talent, I bring the other talent in looks. So, I mean, really, <laughs> one can't do without the other, man. That's right. Uh, we're codependent. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. And, Brian, I want to make sure I ask you as well, what do you have in mind that you're going to do coming up or maybe already have a project planned where we could fit into the conversation here, what we're trying to advocate for? Yeah, on the social side of the things, and I, and I think it's where some of us get caught up in our own little bubbles here. I'm I'm fortunate to be from Pennsylvania, and it's, <laughs> hunting's always been a pretty pretty deep. Somebody's laughing there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, we are the hunting. Hunting is a uh, pretty deep tradition here, and I don't really run into too many people that either don't, don't hunt or. If they don't hunt, they have somebody in their family that hunts. So even the non-hunters are are pretty um, supportive of, of what we do. So I, I sort of get caught up in my own bubble and don't see the big picture of, of what's going on with the, um, you know, the big cities and, and the people trying to take away what, what we got going on here. But that's why I started the Hunting Heritage Advocacy Group on Facebook. And it's small, but it's growing every day. Um like Eric said, if, if if I could just get a few more people to to read the information that groups like the Sportsman's Alliance are putting out, you know, just just trying to reach as many people as we can, I think that every little bit helps on that matter. And uh, just hopefully we'll be able to either grow something from there or collaborate with some of these groups. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, get a little fire kindled out of that, and, and we'll see what happens. 
Yeah. And from a uh, uh, perspective of what I'm doing out in the field, I'm fortunate. I took a uh, little over 10 acres out of commercial production that I was leasing out for a couple of years. So I've got a blank canvas, and uh, Eric was kind enough to uh, do up a new plan for that part because when he did my original plan, I had still been leasing that out. So uh, in addition to, to the food plots and the other things that we've been doing, I'm going to add some pollinator mixes, some warm season grasses, and just try to start thinking bigger picture, bigger than white tails. And uh, it's going to be fun doing something different once I get all my summer grains in. Excellent. Excellent. And, Brian, the name of that group one more time on Facebook that you started? It's Hunting Heritage Advocacy Group. Just search for it. Uh, there's a picture of Otto Leopold, and uh, you can just send me a invite or a request for uh, an invite, and I'll I'll get you set up on the group there. Awesome, awesome. One one thing I like to mention, um, you know, whether Cody and I, you know, helped you do a good podcast or not, because you know we're jumping back and forth and. That's one thing is it's sometimes a lot easier. That's why we do the videos, and that's why on social media we do the, you know, little inspiring or whatever you want to call it on our, you know, social media pages and stuff. It's sometimes it's easier to, you know, get our point across, you know, through video and writing more so than just, you know, trying to explain because it is very hard to explain, you know, what we're trying to do, what is the next step and, and, and stuff. So, if it's all seen a lot of confusion and nonsense, sometimes it, it, it is. And but follow, you know, follow Cody or follow both of us, and, and, and you know, um, and we need the support. We need to, uh, you know, keep doing what we're doing. So. Yep, yep, and that's kind of why. I mean, between following your videos and your content that you guys are are consistently putting out with with these goals in mind and then the couple items we're listing off here on maybe what you could do um it should at least give people who care a, a place to start um i know for me i'm going to take one of my clover plots um and turn it into all early successional plant communities so i know it's not huge oh, it's cool. not it's not groundbreaking stuff uh for for some people, but to me, it's it's new, and I think uh, Cody, your comment about sixty something percent of all all species can benefit from that. I mean, that's huge. Um, so maybe this isn't a big footprint, but it's something that at least I'll be able to learn about, and then can communicate based on what I've learned uh, after I learn it. So kind of the whole reason sure. we do this this podcast is all about learning. So that that's what I'm going to try to do, and then. On like the more social side of things, I'm I'm kind of a food foodie guy, so I like to eat. And uh, so what I what I did recently, I shot a a nice tom in turkey season, and I I fried up the some of the breasts and then you know turkey nuggets, if you will, and same way we do bluegill and and all that stuff. And I actually my neighbors right next door to me are uh, vegan and vegetarian. Uh, her and him. So I walked out with a, a plate of the turkey nuggets, and they were walking by with their two-year-old little girl, and they all opted to try 
the jerky because of how you know passionate I must have been sounding over the last five years and you know how we go about this the right way and against factory farming and all that stuff that they were able to 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 try that and to uh you know just not shut it down slam the door in my face because of something I'm passionate about they understand about how much we care about this and how obsessed I am that they were willing to to try it and they loved it and the little girl uh, it was her first poultry she's had in her entire life at two years old and she loved it too so I'm gonna keep trying to do that type of stuff I guess and yeah oh yeah those little dick means you know it may seem like a small victory, but those little small victories, they add up and make a big difference, man. That's a, that's yeah, a cool that's story, and, and stories like that, you know, that we need to we need to share more of and go back to what we said, you know, we need to celebrate what what we accomplish. And, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a cool story you should be proud of. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'd spread that like the gospel. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, you know, this goes back to, I posted something the other day, how, you know, some of the greatest conservationists were naturalists and a hunter. I and somewhere that, yeah. down the line, somewhere down the line, you know, I don't want to get into it too much because we have ideas reference that, but it, it's somewhere down some part of life, it got separated. And what Cody was mentioning earlier in the beginning of the podcast is that we are the same. We just chose there's a Y in the road. One went right, one went left. We're the same people. Just one carries a gun, one carries a binoculars. I mean, you should not be able to tell us apart, really. It's just we need to get to that point. And doing little things like that, what you just did, you know, I'm sure that was such a welcoming welcoming thing to where they felt comfortable enough, you know, to be around you to do that. Oh, my God, to trust you? That's huge. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Here, you just thought you gave someone jerky. <laughs> hey, I, I was, I'm still pretty uh, pretty happy they were they were welcoming enough to try it, and uh, you know, I I fully appreciate the conversation. I, I know we've taken a lot of your your guys' time today on this nice uh, Memorial Day weekend, but I wanted to to see if there are any other thoughts you guys wanted to cover before we get going, and then see uh, you have a, a field day coming up, so I want to make sure we we hit it on that too. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Cody. <laughs> no, I mean, kind of just to wrap up, you know, final thoughts. I mean, you know, that kind of story you just shared, Jared, is a perfect example. You know, we've kind of talked about how, you know, what can we do, this, that, or the other. But, I mean, you know, every little bit helps. It may not seem like it, like you said, converting that clover plot to early successional. I mean, is it a big project? No, but is it beneficial? Yes. I mean, it, you know, it, it is going to make a positive impact. And you know, I think too often we try to swing for the fences and, and hit a home run. Well, I mean, you can, you know, my dad told me growing up, you know, playing baseball, I, I forget exactly what he said, but, you know, you, you can score as many runs hitting singles as you can, you know, hitting a home run. Home run's big and sexy and it looks cool and it might get you a lot of likes on Facebook and I don't know, maybe get a pretty girl to slide into your DMs, but at the same time, you know, those, those small victories, they can't be overlooked, you know. Yeah. They, uh, they, they, and they add up quick. So, yeah, it's um, – Eric said one time, I think he might have told me the first time he ever came over to our, to our farm, uh, to Teddy Roosevelt quote, um, yeah. you know, do what you can. What is it? Do what you, what you can with, with what you have, where you are. And that's – I mean, 
know, it applies to all walks of life, but especially wildlife management and conservation. You know, if you got 10 acres, you're passionate about that 10 acres, make it the best 10 acres you can. If you got 2,000, make it the best 2,000 you can. You know, every little bit does add up and makes a big difference. Yep, absolutely. Good stuff. Great thoughts. Eric, how about you? Any final thoughts? Oh, man, that's another hour's worth of stuff. No, it's, um, no. It, I think Cody summed it up. And it's nice, like, I mean, you and Brian have a great relationship. Where it, it's ve- I'm very fortunate, you know, um, to have all these ideas in my head, and Cody has all these ideas in her head. And it, it's great to be able to get a text message at 11 o'clock at night, and it's just, what do you think of this? You know, and that's why we work. Is You know, it, it's, it's great to, to have someone you can bounce stuff off of and to talk about conservation and get you get each other passionate and, you know, get excited about stuff. And um, I'm sure you two have the same thing. So it's, you know, it's really good. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, other than just talking about, you know, the big book someone shot, you know, it's like, hey, um, yeah, because it's, it's hopefully everybody has that somebody. And, and um, yeah, when we do put a, another video out, Hopefully here soon, you know, people will watch it and understand. I mean, we are trying to get people to um, – what's the word I'm looking for, Cody? I mean, we're trying to get people to talk, and that's why sometimes our videos is just a little, you know, outside the, of the comfort zone um, of people. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're just trying to change the narrative. And, I mean, to do that, I mean, this could be an entire – different podcast discussion on its own. But, you know, to do that, you can't be afraid to uh, to step on some toes or ruffle some feathers. You know, there's there's yeah. got to be accountability, um, you know, within our community. Iron sharpened iron. You know, we're, if we're going to – we want to tread water and sit by a campfire and sing Kumbaya for the, you know, for the foreseeable future, then we can kiss, you know, wildlife and, and our lifestyle goodbye. we gotta we got to challenge each other. we got to – you know, try to, uh, like, you know, like I said, change the narrative, and that's, that's what Eric and I are doing. So, yeah. you know, the biggest thing is one of the hardest things is, you know, figuring out what to do, but, you know, just start somewhere and then, you know, find your way as you go, and you know, you'll, you'll make a positive yeah. impact. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Good stuff. Brian, yep. any final thoughts from you? Uh, just uh, – touching on what everybody wrapped up with just for all our listeners out there take a little bit of everything that we talked about you know got barbecue season coming up the everybody's gonna be firing up the grills on monday and the rest of the summer you got a freezer full of wild game have a bunch of your non-hunting friends and family over and serve them up some delicious meals and tell them all about that do some research tell them about how the hunters have paid uh, not only the dollars, but the, but the sweat off our brow going out and uh, buying these public lands with our licensed dollars and going out on volunteer days and just the pub, the private land guys like us trying to make a difference for wildlife. Let, let people know. Take, take what you learned from this podcast, expand on it, and like Cody said, let's all keep talking about it. Let's all keep challenging each other and uh, get, get some traction and, and see where this thing goes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd like to thank you guys for inviting us uh, on there. I appreciate it. You guys are uh, definitely doing a fantastic job. And I'm not just saying that to say it. Uh, both of you are great guys and, and 
And so Thank you. Keep on doing, keep on doing what you're doing. Don't change for uh, the light. I mean, <laughs> if that's what you're into, I guess that's great. But, that's uh, why I do what I do. It's for the girls. I, yes, for the girls. <laughs> for the parents. It's always been about the girls. So. Yeah. Oh, thank, yeah, thank you guys gone. for for coming on, yeah. you guys. I mean, I know it take take time out of your day to come on here. I, I really am humbled and appreciate it. Um, and thanks for the kind words, Eric. I know uh, we try, and we're going to keep doing this for the right reasons and and keep learning. Um, it's it's amazing how all these conversations end up. I always have such a good feeling when we hang up with these. It's like wow, another great hour, you know. Um, and I, I don't want to forget, if somebody wants to come up and see the Eric Long in the flesh here pretty soon, <laughs> I believe you're going to be in New York, right, for that field day? Yes. What's going on there? Yes. June 1st, um, a TDMA field day event, and I'm going – Brian, what is the name of the branch? I'm going to butcher it. Oh, man. Can't be on the spot with it. It is horrible. Cat, cataragus? Yes. Allegheny QDMA Brands. Thank you very much, Brian. But, yeah, June 1st, um, Cody and I were going to, um, you know, tag team that uh, event. And, um, but, unfortunately, um, he can't attend for personal reasons. And um, hopefully it's not that bad. It doesn't, you know, tire him. But, um, but, no, it's all good. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, you know, all things whitetail and then hopefully a little bit of conservation things. and. Go from there. All right. And that was June 1st. So where is that at? Up in New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, I know we already shared time. it on our Facebook page. So if anybody wants yes. to find out where, yeah. where to find Eric, he'll be up there. Yeah. Uh, could be a good time. Trying to swindle some good people or, or something. No, I'm just kidding. No, it'd be, it'd be great. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> so. Guys, thank you so much for coming on again, and uh, we look forward to having you on again in the future. And until then, enjoy your nice, long holiday weekend. Yep, you guys do the same. Yep. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you once again, Eric and Cody, for coming on the Habitat Podcast, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode. We are getting up towards that 50th episode, guys. we got a special guest for number 50, so be able to stay tuned for that. And I also want to talk about our YouTube page. Uh, Brian's been doing some great videos on the recent Habitat stuff he's been doing on his farm. So check us out, Habitat Podcast, on YouTube. And you can find that also linked at our website, HabitatPodcast.com, Instagram, Facebook. We have uh, a way to direct you over to that YouTube. If you have trouble finding it, just check out our website. Uh, I would also like to thank the sponsors of the show, Packer Max Cult of Packers, Dip That Hydrographics, the Habitat Hook, Killer Food Plots, and Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. We really appreciate you guys sponsoring our show. We couldn't do it without you, and uh, we just, we really like the support. So thank you very much for that. Uh, anything else going on with us, you can find at Habitat Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. We're putting a lot up there recently, so be sure to check us out on there. And uh, otherwise, iTunes, reviews, Spotify... Stitcher, Podbean. Be sure to leave us some feedback on there if you can. And uh, you can also find our podcast there. So, once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Happy Memorial Day. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for becoming better habitat. See you guys soon.